premise of the next couple of weeks is um, the fact that we as Americans uh, have this uh, problem. And the problem is um, that we are um, we're trained consumers. It's from when we're very little, it's the way that we're taught to, uh, to think. It's the way we're taught how to make decisions. Um, and, and it's not just about buying stuff. That's not like just the consumerism side of it I'm talking about. I mean, we're great at buying stuff, yes. Um, but really what's happened is um, it begins with that, that you know, purchasing mentality, you know. But it has kind of grown into becoming kind of a, kind of a worldview, um, kind of a lens through which uh, most of us um, look at life. It's kind of how we um, how we make decisions. That we look at a, at a decision and we look at it through this lens of consumerism, and it it, it affects the way we look at the the possibilities and, and and the process by which we make decisions and stuff like that, and. Thing is, from like we're we're programmed this way by the media, and you know we're just addicted to uh, TV and the internet and all this kind of stuff. And they are professional, um, like mind shapers. And so, from a very young age, you know we've kind of just been trained to, to think this way. And what's dangerous is that um, we very easily look at our faith through that same lens. And if if you're going to be a, if you're going to look at buying a new television set through the lens of a consumer, that's a good thing. Okay? If you're going to buy a car, if you're going to buy, if you're going to, you know, decide where to go eat, whatever, there's, that's fine. If you're going to look at what it means to truly follow Christ, and that's the lens through which you're going to look at it, well, there's a problem. Jesus uh, had these 12 guys that followed him around, and they had their own lens that he was correcting constantly, constantly trying to get them to look at life uh, the way that, um, that God designed us to truly function in, in the kingdom of God and all, the, and all this kind of stuff. So he had these guys following him around all the time that their own lens issue and we have our lens issue and the thing is what was the solution for them is also the solution for us so that's good news right um the thing is we have to have the guts to fess up to the fact that you know what this is probably not the most uh this is probably not going to work i cannot be a consumer and follow christ at the same time so last week, we kind of looked at the idea that, that as consumers, we want everything at, a, at a, as low of a cost as possible, all right? We don't want it to cost money. We don't want us to, it to cost us a lot of time. We don't want to necessarily have to, like, it to cost us anything as far as, like, investing relationally in what's going on. Um, you know, 
And it's funny because I was talking last week about how it just bugs me to death when, like, the cashier at, like, Walmart or whatever, like, tries to, like, become my buddy, you know? And, like, uh, and they always, like, like, cook on what you're buying. Um, Because it bothers me because if they do that with food, they do that with other things. And I'm not real comfortable with with that, you know? Um, I I just like to go, and and I'm this, like, self-checkout guy now because of this, because I, I avoid it like crazy. And, of course, guess what happened all week long? Yeah, I have like 19 best friends all around town now who I uh, just want to know what I'm doing, where I'm going, why am I buying this? And we rented vans to go to the Passion Conference this weekend. Where are y'all going? How many are y'all taking? What time are y'all leaving? Or what's going on there? And this and this and this. Um, that low-cost lens that we look, it, I mean, when it comes to following Christ, it's the most costly thing we can do. It will cost you in every area of life. Jesus made it very clear, if you want to be my disciple, you have to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me every single day. It's going to cost us. Now, obviously, the cost is worth it, of course. But it's going to cost us. And so as consumers, that's why sometimes we get really frustrated and disappointed with like Christianity and kind of how it looks because we're trying to get low-cost Christianity, and there's no such thing. And I think Jesus is telling the whole time, I told y'all, like it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way. You keep trying to get this low-cost, low-budget version of discipleship, and it, it doesn't work that way. And Bonhoeffer, uh, there's a, Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote this book called The Cost of Discipleship, and he summed it up very nicely. He said, when Jesus calls a man, he bids him to come and to die. And that's kind of where we wound up last week about denying ourselves and taking up our cross and following him daily. Um, Tonight I want to look at another aspect of consumerism that I think really trips us up. And it is the the, uh, satisfaction guaranteed aspect of being a consumer, right? We love love that. That's why we keep receipts. That's why we pay attention to how many days you have to return something. Right? Um, the most embarrassed I think I've ever been in my life was when my dad tried to return a pair of blue jeans to Mervyn's and he didn't have a receipt. He went nuts. I literally hid in one of those circular, like, clothes rack things. I was hiding because I was so embarrassed. We, like, satisfaction guaranteed is like, that's the big selling point. Some infomercial about some, you know, a new, like, onion chopper thing or whatever and they're like satisfaction guaranteed money back guarantee if you don't like it we'll refund your money and 10 more dollars you know there's some deodorant a while back there like if you try it and you don't like it we'll, we'll refund your money and we'll buy you a stick of your favorite deodorant you know that's what we like we like to know that as the customer we are number one and we have the right to be completely satisfied and if we're not then um, we have all these like things that are owed to us, you know. You send your steak back if it's overdone, right? Right. You need to because you pay for a steak, you know. That's your right as a consumer. And and there's this this whole idea that's been shaped in us that all of life should have this satisfaction guarantee that comes with it. And so it starts with how we purchase stuff. 
kind of spreads into like relationships and friendships and dating relationships. Quote unquote, or what we want, or what we expect. I can't get out of it now. Happens in our commitment to churches, you know, very, very easily. Like, oh, I'm not really satisfied. visiting, going shopping for the next little while, whatever. Here's the thing, like, uh, I, I kind of just, I was, was praying about this, like, how do you even, like, where do you even go with this, you know? I think there, there are kind of three things about being a, a consumer when it comes to, like, the satisfaction guaranteed kind of deal. Like, like kind of like, like three, like, qualifications we have to have to see if we're satisfied. One, we have to, um, like, the product or whatever we're investing in, like, it has to work the way that it should, right? It has to work the way that we think it should work, the way that we expect it to work. So if you go and you buy a lawnmower, um, you would expect it to cut your grass, right? Not for you, obviously. But um, you would expect for it to start, you know, and you expect it for it to not break for um, many, many years, hopefully. Um, you'd expect it to do certain things. And, and if, if it stops doing what you expect it to do or it's not doing what you want it to do, then that satisfaction guarantee deal means that you go back to Lowe's, not Home Depot, because they, they would never sell you a bad uh, um, lawnmower. Right, Trent? Um, you take it back. It's got to it's do what you want it to do or it's got to do what you uh, expect for it to do. The second thing is it has to, like, the satisfaction only comes when it meets the need that we have, right? You need to cut your grass? Okay, cool. If you need to eat, then, like, you need to be satisfied at the end of, of the meal. If, you know, whatever needs are there, it has to meet that need, right? So first it has to kind of work the way it's supposed to, but also if it's working but it's not meeting your need, then you're not satisfied either, right? So you can buy a cruddy lawnmower that's terrible, and it's running, you know, and it's whatever, but, like, you can go back to Lowe's and you return it. You go see Trent at Home Depot, he hooks you up with a real lawnmower, and then, then you're satisfied, right? Because it works, and it meets your needs. And then kind of the third third deal is is just, like, purely, like, am I, am I happy with my investment? You know, am I happy with my purchase? Because sometimes it works the way it's supposed to and the way that we expect it to and the way we want it to, and it meets our needs. But then sometimes there's just things that you get, you're just, I'm just not as happy as I thought I would be, you know? Maybe you, maybe you saved up and you buy, a, you know, a, a 37-inch flat screen, blah, 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 or whatever, and you get it and you're like, it works and it meets my need because I can see in HD everything I need to see. But I'm not real happy with it because I, I should have brought the 42. See, kind of all those things kind of have to be in place for us to be satisfied with our investment. And so when we're talking lawnmowers or steaks or TVs, that's fine. Just bring it into other parts of life. And, and I mean, let's, be, let's be completely completely honest. Not that I've been lying to, up to this point. Let's, let's continue in the honest vibe we have going on, okay? Um, when it comes to uh, 
does it work the way that I expect it to or the way I want it to? Isn't that why we kind of jump out of relationships sometimes? Because it's supposed, like, you have in your head, like, no, this, this is how friendship works. This is how a dating relationship works. This is how a marriage works. And when it stops, like, doing what you want it to do in the way that you want it to be done, you kind of peace out sometimes. There's a great commercial on that, that it's like a Hyundai commercial or something like that, and it's like, don't like your job? Get a new one. Don't like your spouse? Get a new one. You know, and it goes through all those things. If I don't like it, just get a new one. At the end, it says, whatever happened to commitment? It's great. I don't know what it has to do with cars, but it's great. Um, and that, that's, that's that consumer mindset. Might have come, okay. Sometimes, when it comes to our walk with God, when life stops happening the way that we expect it to, or the way that we want it to, and the way we think it should work, then we like go into this whole thing, like, there's no God. You know, God's not really in control. God just wound up the earth, and he's sitting back. He's as surprised as we are. You know, we go into all these theological crazy things, you know. Because you, you get to that point where you're like, where is where is the God who's mighty to save? Because I need some saving, you know. Where's that compassionate, gracious God? Where was he today when my world got shattered, you know? At the conference this weekend, one of the, one of the sessions was about the fact that Jesus guaranteed that there will be trouble in the world. You will have problems in the world. It's, it's, it's in red writing. Like he said it, he meant it. Um, but yet we're like all of a sudden surprised when bad stuff happens. That's the thing. As a consumer, if that's the lens we look at it, all of a sudden, whenever life stops working the way we think it should work, then all of a sudden we're, we flip out. Then when you go into, like, like do things meet our needs? Don't raise your hand, okay? Have you ever thought this or said it? I've heard some of you say it as you were leaving the ring before, and my feelings aren't hurt. You ever walked out of a worship service? You're like, man, that did nothing for me. I have Nothing out of community group tonight. Ever been there? Like, man, I'm, I'm friends. I'm friends with the, with this guy, but man, I, I get none of my needs are met by this friendship. You got people all over the place who go to churches. Because, man, I get so much out of the music. You know, I get so much out of the sermon. Or you hear this statement like, yeah, I go there because, I, I mean, I dig. Like, I get so much out of the music, but I don't get anything out of the sermon at all. You know? Doesn't that just sound like a consumer? I mean, like, isn't that like the lens where we, we look at a worship time, we go in and be like, man, I have all these needs. And so I'm going to go in and these needs need to be met. And if they're not met, then I'm, like, I'm out. Or I'm just going to stand there the whole time and talk. Or I'm going to sit there with my arms crossed because, you know, they didn't sing the songs that I like. Or I'm kind of tired of this song or whatever. Or, gosh, he's preaching the same identity message again. Don't you know we know that already? Or uh, you go to a community group, you're like, God, how many times are we going to talk about who I am in Christ? I mean, God, we, we get it, you know. 
given us what we need, what we think we need. Does it meet my needs? And if it doesn't meet my needs, then I'm out. Or kind of that, that last one, just d- am I happy with my investment? As if we've been, we have this right, you know, to happiness all the time. Which is not in the Bible anywhere. It's in a lot of books um, that are bestsellers, but it's not in the Bible, really. So we have all these things, and and like I said last week, we want to talk about how you recognize the, the problems with being with that consumer lens and looking at following Christ. Learn how to recognize it, but also what to do about it. So I ask you to turn to John 15. Here Jesus is talking um, with his disciples, all right, talking to a group of people who have lens issues, all right. Like I said earlier. The same thing he told them, the, same, the solution is the same for us as it is for them. And this is what he tells them. Don't roll your, the eyes of your heart, because we've talked about this before. I've, I've been there. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I know how it is. You like the eyes of your heart thing? That was great. It's not in my notes. Not in my notes. This is what he tells him. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Now remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Here's the thing. We, we read that, and it becomes very clear that as followers of Christ, we are not called to be consumers. We are called to be producers. There's a huge difference. Huge difference in the way we think and the way we approach life and the way we approach the things of the faith. When we we approach it as a consumer, it's all that stuff that we just talked about. It's about my needs and my feelings and what I expect and am I happy. And it's it's so full of, of I that it's sickening. But yet, I mean... A lot and on our lips a lot. It is mine. That's why my favorite worship songs, I, I've noticed this pattern with me. The ones that are like my favorites are all about me. You know? It's all about how great it is to be me and to be in Christ, it, which, I mean, it's, it's awesome, but it's all about like, like all my benefits. And when we sing songs that are like, Holy is the Lord, God Almighty, the earth is full of his glory and about his fame rising up and everything. 
I, I don't get those warm, fuzzy, like, yes, like, let me sing louder. Like, that's not, like, the automatic place where I go. That's where that consumer lens, like, screws you up, man. You, like, that's that's what I'm talking about. That's a perfect example. This is what God's communicating to me. That's a perfect example of, of why this series of messages is appropriate to you, Josh. Okay? And why he brings me through stuff, and then we bring it to, the, like, the floor of the church. See, if, if I was a producer, it... it it would be the opposite of that. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. And the whole, like all those verses basically talk about bearing fruit, being a producer of fruit. Then talk about consumption. Let's look, let's look at a, a few aspects of this. talks about remaining in him. Verse 4, remain in me, I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. Your translation may say, abide. We talked about this before. Like that that word, like it's, that's the word they would use like when, when someone would go in and they would uh, set up a dwelling. It's like, like when somebody moves into a house, they start unpacking all their stuff, and they start hanging things on the walls, and they get things where they want it, and that the, the structure of a house also becomes a home. That's what that's the idea of, of abiding. It's like set up camp here, dwell here, don't don't leave here. This is not a, a temporary thing. Like this, like being in Christ. I mean, it's like don't. I mean, get comfortable here. And and. The cool thing about you know, the, the vine and the branches is that here the, the branches are like extending out, right? All the nutrients they need, all the like everything that they need for success is is coming from from the trunk. It's flowing into them. So that's what he's saying is is that you need to stay connected to me to abide in me at all times so that we are connected so that my life flows into your life. So everything that you need to bear fruit and to produce is, is flowing into you. And when that connection is severed, we stop producing. And what does he say they do with branches that are not producing? They throw them into the fire. Because what, what, you don't need them. What good are they? And don't chase that idea too far. Okay? But rest in this concept. God looks at lives and says... Bearing fruit and producing, that's what I'm going for. Not bearing fruit, not what I'm going for. We're called to produce, but the thing is, everything that we need to produce fruit and, and everything that we need for that life that we've always wanted, it comes from Him. He provides every bit of it. That's kind of a cool thought. If you're in a place and you're like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a consumer Christian. I don't want the low cost. Um, I expect to be satisfied at, at, at everything kind of deal. like. I don't, I don't want that. Well, cool. Where if you're in Christ, then everything you need for that fruit to be happening in your life is there. 
Jesus says, just abide in me and remain in me and stay connected to me. That's why we talk about prayer. That's why we talk about, like, time in the Word. That's why we talk about discipleship and time with other believers and why we push community groups. Like, these are all different ways where, where we abide and that life of God is just flowing out and that fruit is produced. That's why we, that's the point. That's what spiritual disciplines are all about. It's how, different ways that we abide. It's how we remain in Him. When, and you know how it is when you stop doing those things? You know, when you, when, when you bail on prayer and you bail on time in the Word and you bail on all, the, all these things, what happens? Where's the fruit go? It shrivels up and dies. I mean, like, we've all been there. And you can sit down with someone else, somebody else and they're, they're struggling with life and they're complaining and they're like, all this stuff is just bad, 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 bad. Where's God? Where's God? Where's God? And you say, how much have you been praying? And you know what they're going to say? They're either going to lie to you or they're going to be honest and say, I I'm going to say, tell you what, um, come back in a week after you have prayed about this consistently. After you have a, you've been abiding in Christ for a week, let's sit down and talk again and see how different it is. Look at the, that last verse we read, verse 8. To me, this is, the, this is the key to being a producer instead of a consumer. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. He says in the beginning, I'm the vine, Father is the gardener. Who who benefits from a garden? The farmer, right? He's got this crop. He can take it, he can eat it, he can sell it, he can feed his family. I mean, like, like the, the, the whole point is to benefit the farmer. So he says in verse 8, it's to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So let's go, let's, let's go through that, that little list again. For a, for a consumer that, that looks at faith through the, the lens of a consumer and they say, um, is it working the way I expect it to, the way I, I want it to, or whatever? That's how a consumer looks at it. A, a producer a John 15, 1 through 8 follower of Christ looks at it, and, and the question is, what is the will of the Father? You look at life through that lens, and you say, what is God's will? Is it, is it, is it God's will for me to struggle right now? Is it God's will for me um, like to be sick? Is it God's will for me to you know, fill in the blank? That's what Jesus did in the garden, right? Jesus, as a producer, looked at his situation and was like, it's not my will, it's your will. See, he asked the right question. We tend to look and say, is, this, is my life functioning like I want it to? And the, the correct question, biblically, is what is the will of the Father? Totally different. And the, the second thing um, is, is it meeting my needs? That's how a consumer looks at life. Person of faith looks at life is, is, is are God's needs being met? But it's kind of weird to think about God having needs, you know. But I mean, you read Scripture. I mean, he's he's a glory hog, isn't he? Like in a good way. Like light, lightning's not going to come. It's in Scripture. He's he's all about himself. 
that glory to us. I love this verse, and it hurts. Ezekiel 36, verse 22. It just, just, just sticks it to us. Look, it says, Therefore say to the house of Israel, quote, This is what the sovereign Lord says, colon, it is, not for, it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I'm going to do these things. Okay, he did explain all this great stuff he's going to do for him. It is not for your sake I'm going to do these things, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you've gone. I will show the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, the name you have profaned among them. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the sovereign Lord, when I show myself holy through you before their eyes. All throughout Scripture, God is just making it very clear, like, look, you got, you, you, you think that all this is for you? Guess what? It's for me. Deal with it. The cross was not about us. It was about God. Now, we reap the benefits of that, definitely. I'm not complaining that if I, like, if, I, if lightning were to hit me because I said something stupid, which may happen, um, that I would go to heaven. Like, I'm, I'm, I love that. I love that. But make no mistake, Jesus went to the cross because it was going to bring the most glory ever to the Father. There's this, this gospel song that says, uh, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. You heard that song? negative. <laughs> Jesus had much more going on than uh, your cute little face. See, that's the thing. A, a consumer is like, oh, is it meeting my needs? Is this worship service meeting my needs? Is this Bible study meeting my needs? Is this friendship meeting my needs? Is this uh, whatever meeting my needs? And a producer looks at it and says, is, is God being glorified through this? producer can walk out of worship service and be like, wow, I struggled to connect with God tonight. Like, God was lifted up and, and his was proclaimed and there was truth and like, there were, like God was pumped. So I'm satisfied when I leave. Maybe I didn't connect personally, which means that I like, I need to spend some time with him. You know, I need to pursue that. But I don't evaluate what just happened based on if I, if my needs were met, I evaluate what just happened on the, like, is God all like just glowing? Wouldn't that be refreshing to have that be your attitude all the time? I'm not saying that we never are there because I think there are times we are there. Because you know how it is when you're in worship service and you're like, man, this room is like completely connecting with God. And I feel like I'm in another country right now. And it's frustrating. And so the consumer in this is like, man, that, you know, that preacher, I can't believe you did that. Or that, uh, the worship set was boring tonight or whatever. producer says, man, look, God was lifted up, and so I'm satisfied with what just happened. And that community group, like, we got into each other's lives, and God was excited about the discussion that happened, and like, that's great. And even though I didn't personally walk away with something, like, awesome. That's my issue, not their issue. I mean, really, let's let's be let's be even more honest. Let's, let's continue this. Why? Can a group of believers ever sit around in a circle and open up the Word of God and it be bad? Why would we ever criticize that time? You know? Why would we ever look at the way a church worships and be like, man, that church is dead? Oh, because you don't like hymns? Okay. 
that? That's where it shows up. The producers are all about God being glorified. And that last that last thing we talked about, like, am I happy with my investment? Producers like, if God's happy, I'm happy. My happiness comes from his name being lifted up, and that's it. Anything else is my personal issue that I need to take into the prayer closet and deal with. Now, let me let me close. Let me just connect last week and this week real quick. Okay. Last week was where Jesus said, "Anybody who wants to be my disciple has to deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me." All right. So last week we set up, uh, and, and we're like, "All right, that's that's what we're gonna we're gonna do this week." Okay. We're gonna we're gonna trust God that even though that we don't really maybe fully understand what that even means and how to do that, tomorrow that's going to be my prayer. And the next day, that's going to be my prayer. I'm going to fight for that every day of the week. And what I thought about doing tonight was to have open mic night at the beginning to see, like, just so people just come up and just share how, like, denying yourself, taking up your cross, following him was this week. Um, and then I realized, like, man, I don't As the mic opener, I better not open the mic without being sure what that was like for me. So here we are. We're trying to figure out what that is. We're we're in this struggle together of wanting like the the true like Jesus given lens like to look at all of life through. We don't understand what that is. You take last week and that deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me deal, and you. You put that in the context of what Jesus is saying in John 15. Is as you are doing that, if you are abiding in me, everything you need for that to become a reality is yours. It is discipleship that is powered by God. See, the disciples, like, I mean, we, we want, we, we're much, in a much better situation than them. Because they hear that. They don't have the Holy Spirit in them. You know, they don't have Christ in them, the hope of glory. They don't have all this, the stuff that we have. So they hear that and they're like, man, like, okay, I guess I'll try in my own strength to do that. But you and me, I don't know, we are able to do that while abiding in Christ. And so we are set up to succeed, quote unquote. That bearing fruit is possible for you. It's possible for me. difference of being a consumer and being a producer is our definition of satisfaction. Consumers are satisfied by how things affect them. Producers are satisfied by how things affect God. And the things that affect God trickle down to us, which is awesome. And so the real bottom line is, all right, well, so what are you going to do with this? Like I said last week, there is no closing sales pitch. Jesus just told them straight up. And at Passion this weekend, they brought up that same example. Jesus just told them something and he just walked away.
will we have the courage to trust God as we live out the denying of self, taking up the cross, following him daily in the context of abiding in him? Will you, will I have the courage to do that? I don't know where you are. I'm, I've lived as a consumer my whole life. I've lived as a, a consumer of my faith my whole life, it seems like. And I'm kind of tired of it. Because in verse 8, so this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. I have two fruit trees in my yard. I have a lemon tree and an orange tree. Guess how many lemons are on the lemon tree? One. Frustrates me. Drives me insane. Lemons? One. I don't want one. I want an orchard. You know? I want a crop. I want to be, like, I want to be that guy that has to bring them to people at work because I have too many. They're all going to like spoil. You know? deal is, this is how lemon trees and orange trees work. I learned this. You know how, it's, you know how that starts? One. Went a long time with no fruit. Now I got one. If I can complain there's not more, I can be like, I got one. It's possible. Let's just trust God enough to push forward in the things that he's leading us to do. And whatever he's stirring in your heart tonight, I just want to pray that we'll have the courage to pursue it and not get be chickens and not go all consumer and be like, well, we're just going to fail anyway, so you might as well.